The reading this morning is taken from Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 9. So that's Romans chapter 8. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about by your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Are you sitting comfortably both here and online? I hope you're very comfortable because... I'm going to tell you a story. And this story is both for children and adults. So I hope you're sitting comfortably and I'll begin. So once upon a time, there was a place where there was no war, there was no sickness, no COVID. No one died, there was no bullying, no mental health problems, no racial prejudice and the many other things that we all suffer at the moment. In that place, there was just love and kindness. And the place was run by a loving family. And they put other people before themselves. They're very unusual rulers. And it was a wonderful place to live. But no one from here could get to that place there was a journey over a great divide that no one was able to make so one day the son of that loving family came across that great divide among us in the place where we live he showed us how we could get across that great divide The son of this loving family came to show us what the lovely place he comes from is like and how we could get there too. But many people didn't like what he said and did. So the authorities put him to death. How sad. How unjust. But... 
His family's love is so strong, it brought him through death and he came back to life again. And he said, if you trust me, you can live with my loving family across that divide. Then he went back to his father in that lovely home. But the son wanted all of us to have a reminder of him, someone to to be with us and to remind him of his family and that home with us, someone with us. So he sent another member of his family, not just to live with us, not just in our area, our neighborhood, but to actually live inside us. This member of the family lives in us forever if we trust in the son of that loving father. And the person from that loving family who lives in us, if we trust in the Son, is called the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about him now and how we can live with him in us, helping us and guiding us every day. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, help us to listen to your Spirit who lives in us as we think about him, as we learn about him this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. So my story tried to reflect some of the framework I believe Paul has in mind when he writes here to this, this letter to the church in Rome about the wonderful life in the Spirit. Paul wants us to know that God is not nowhere, but he's now here with us, now here through his Spirit. He's close to us. He's intimate with us. He lives in us if we follow him. So Jesus moved into our world, our neighborhood, bringing heaven to us, and the Holy Spirit has now moved in to live in us, actually inside us, in our inner being. Isn't that great? Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that good news? Please nod. Oh, they, are you nodding online? I, I can't see you all nodding. Come on. Thank you. Marvelous good news. So this section of Scripture has much to teach us about how to live as members of God's heavenly family this morning, now, in southeast London. Paul wants to teach us about life in the Spirit. So let's see what he says. And our situation is, although that we, uh, we will die because everyone does die in our world, where we're out of kilter with God, although we will all die because of sin, the Spirit gives us life now, beyond death, because of Jesus' death and resurrection which made those who trust in him right with God. And as Paul writes in verse 10, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of the sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in all of you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And the next thing he points out 
is that life led by the Holy Spirit, God living in us, is different from the way the world around us leads us. Paul talks about the realm of the flesh, which is the way the world around us sees things. The world being created God good by God in the first place has been corrupted and people have turned away from him in it and that's caused massive problems as we all know. And we all know there are still good elements of the world, there are still good elements in the people of the world, but it's been, it's been twisted uh, because we've decided to do our own thing without reference to our Heavenly Father. But Paul says now, we're not living in the realm of the flesh, we're living in the realm of the Spirit, if we follow Jesus, if we trust Jesus. And realm means the thing that controls us, it's what controls us. And if we live on earth, then you'd expect us to be controlled by earthly or fleshly thinking. And if we live in heaven, you would expect us to be controlled by the thinking of heaven, the kingdom of God, the way God thinks. Verse 9 tells us, You, however, not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. So when God came to live in us through his Holy Spirit, he wants us to realize that we are in his heavenly family, in his kingdom. And so we should think that way, the way God thinks. We have the mind of Christ through God's Spirit living in us. And the Holy Spirit will help us do this and reorient ourselves to thinking and acting as we would if we'd reached heaven already. And in a sense, we have. So we've got to think as if we've reached heaven already while we're still here on earth. We've got to think and act as if we're in God's kingdom now while we're still on earth. But of course, old habits die hard. And we often still think and act as if God doesn't live in us, as if heaven's not in our hearts, as the old song goes. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, we can ignore him, sadly. And we have to make choices which require us to say no to some things and yes to others. No to some things and yes to others. And Paul's great message on a passage on the nature of love in 1 Corinthians 13, I think that can help us because we know God is love. This is central to God's character. It's central to God's heavenly kingdom. And Paul there says what love is not. He says it's not jealous. It's without boasting or conceit. It has no pride, no rudeness or bad manners, no self-seeking. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Those are things of the flesh, the things the flesh focuses on. This is not living in the Spirit, guided by the Spirit. And then Paul says to what love is, the things we say yes to. He says love is patient, kind, happy to see the truth at work, slow to anger. It forgives, protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. It keeps going, even when the going is tough, particularly at the moment. And those are some of the signs that we're being led by the Holy Spirit in the realm of the Spirit. These are the characteristics who, of the Holy Spirit, who is God living in us.
God's love living in us. So if we're to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, not to grieve and upset the Holy Spirit who lives in us, then let's focus on those characteristics in our daily lives. We can all pray we'll have the mind of Christ and focus on things Jesus focuses on. Pray as you go into the day and focus on God. Aim to please him and cooperate with the Spirit. Pray continually, as Paul tells us. Ask God for help continually and thank him continually throughout the day for his help. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians with these familiar words. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I believe this is a basic principle of living life led by God's Holy Spirit living in us. This is the life-giving way of God's Spirit as opposed to the life-sapping way outlined in those things we ought not to do, or as Paul calls it, the way of the flesh. So verse 12 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, we're in debt, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So now Paul moves on in his thinking. And he uses an image from the history of Israel to make his point. He says in verse 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption as uh, to sonship. Now, in God's kingdom, there is no slavery that's unjustly holding people against their will and making them do what, what you want by force, forcing them to do those things that you want without consideration for them. There's no slavery which keeps... Uh, people in fear of their slave masters in God's kingdom in heaven. Rather, if we trust Jesus, we're brought into God's family and become his children. Children of a loving, kind father who follow him and worship him for his great and absolute love, not out of fear. And I think the picture from history that I mentioned that Paul's got in his mind here is that one of God leading the Israelites out from slavery in Egypt. They were led by God's presence in in the cloud by day, if you remember, and the fire by night. God was with them. They were led by him. But they found it hard in the wilderness. And some on occasion wanted to go back to slavery in Egypt, got back the old ways of being slaves, living in fear again. And I think that could be a temptation for all of us to think... We can all forget how good God is sometimes and we want to slip back into our more self-centered ways which don't do us or anyone else any good. I wonder if sometimes, do we, all, do we kind of want to have a holiday from being a Christian sometimes um, as it seems a hard slog in the wilderness? Maybe particularly at the moment with all the difficulties we're all facing in this pandemic. But remember what Paul says here, God is good. God is not nowhere, he is now here. Living in us who follow him 
through his spirit, even in all the difficulties of life. And now Paul uses another great picture to help us understand life in the spirit. This is his final picture. He says, beginning at the end of verse 15, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may, may also share in his glory. So the Spirit brings us a new identity where we know God is our Father and we are his children. And if you look at the notes in your Bible at the bottom, um, you'll see the Greek word for adoption to sonship is a term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. And, And Paul's writing to the Romans, so they knew about this. And in, adoption was a very lengthy, serious process in Roman culture at the time. And it had various stages and ceremonies involved. In other words, it was a big deal. It was very important. And the thing about a Roman adoption, when it was finalized, was that the, the uh, adopted person lost all their rights in their old family, and they gained all the rights of a fully legitimate child in their new family. They got a new father. They became heir to their new father's estate. And if other children were in that family as well, uh, born to that new father, the adopted child had the same rights as the blood children and so was a co-heir with them. A co-heir with them. And any debts from the previous life were wiped out. They were cancelled too. So isn't this a great picture for Paul to use to help us understand we are fully accepted and loved by God in his family and we are co-heirs with Christ, as he says. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. All the wonderful peace, the love, the kindness of God's family in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are ours. We are completely God's children. We are completely loved, and we can come to our Father in heaven, calling him Father in a natural way, as we are fully his children. And the Spirit reminds us that this is the case. Back in verse, I think it's verse 1, I'm not quite sure, but by him we cry, Abba, Father. No, sorry, verse 15. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Isn't that great? Another chance to nod. You're nodding at home. I'm watching you. How good. But isn't that great? And God's family is eternal. So we regain the eternal life God always wanted for us in the beginning. Have a look at the beginning of Genesis if you want to check that out. Life might be hard sometimes. Life is hard sometimes and causes us suffering. But we know life as a member of God's family is gloriously eternal. Now if we are children, Paul writes, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, 
in order that we may also share in his glory, his eternal glory. So, as he's our father, we can talk to him and he talks to us. We all have various thoughts that come into our minds as we get to know God better with the help of his Holy Spirit. And we have to try and practice listening to him and acting upon what he says. And we all make mistakes in this. Uh, We do make mistakes. We sometimes don't get it right. But other Christians can help us with this. They may be able to help us discern if something's from God or not. And it must also fit in with what the Bible says and may often actually be a verse from the Bible itself. But it also can be a picture too in our minds and other things like that. If you remember the day of Pentecost, um, the Holy Spirit was given by God and miraculously disciples spoke in other tongues so that the people from all the different nations could understand them in their own language. So it meant all these people could hear about Jesus. And on that day, Peter quoted the prophet Joel when he said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So the Spirit helps us and others to hear him, be led by him and see what God is saying through such methods mentioned here as words, dreams, visions. So we need to practice listening to God rather than just asking all the time, which is the big temptation. Certainly it's my big temptation. Too often I can come to God with my shopping list of requests rather than asking him to speak to me and trying to listen to him with the help of the Spirit. So to sum up, we briefly looked at the life, life in the Spirit, and we can see that the Holy Spirit lives in us, God's children, if we trust Jesus. We have heaven in our hearts. We have Christ in us. Let's follow his leading, praying continually every day. Amen. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, we ask you to come to us now. Forgive us our sins. Fill us with your spirit. Help us to say no to the things that grieve your spirit in us. Help us to say yes to the loving ways of the spirit. Help us to be patient, kind, happy to see the truth at work, slow to anger, to forgive, to protect, to trust, to hope, and to persevere. Amen.